0: Hello and welcome to this newest edition of the Lakerside Chats. I'm your host Alan Ramich. With me I've got a returning guest, Raj. You'll, most of you will know him as Unwritten Rules on Twitter. He's also a contributor on Lonzo Wire and Lakers Outsiders. Podcasts on, a for, on the podcast called The Forum with a bunch of other guys. It's a great podcast about the Lakers. I'd recommend you hit that up. He's also a video editor on Laker Film Room, Raj. Welcome again to the show.
1: Hey, Alan, thanks for having me back. It's great to be back.
0: Oh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So n- not much has happened the past couple of days. Uh, just Kawhi's had his press conference and like decided to say that the Clippers are better than the Lakers in every single way. But, like... <laughs> and Frank Vogel said something, so we'll, we'll dig into that. We'll go into Frank Vogel first. Let's start with a Lakers person. I don't know about you but I've been very positive about what Frank Vogel's been saying. Like, I didn't expect to be this positive going into the season, but with the coaching decisions he made, albeit Ron Adams didn't pan out, he brought in Phil Handy, with Judy Seto coming back, handling the medical staff. I know Jason Kidd is a thorn in the eye for a lot of Laker fans, and Lionel Hollins, while he isn't a great offensive mind, I feel like he'll still give a lot. I feel like it's been a very positive thing hiring Frank Vogel. He's done a great job filling out his stuff by the, by the looks of it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, he really has. And Frank Vogel, for all his awards and everything, he's an NBA coach. Like last year we had Luke Walton. Luke Walton was a rookie from his own merits. I mean, he was kind of like part of the young core. Frank Vogel was, Frank Vogel was a legit coach. He's won before. He knows what a staff is supposed to look like. Our assistants last year, we can kind of say weren't up to par throughout the league and he has legit NBA guys now on his bench you mentioned Phil Handy a great developmental coach um, we got Judy Sito back and then Lionel Hollins, another NBA coach Jason Kidd is as polarizing he is he's been around and he has the respect of LeBron James uh, Anthony Davis those those things matter so yeah I like what Frank Vogel has done
0: I'm Boogie too because there's been right. video that's or a picture, sorry, that's broken the past couple of hours of them two working out together. A, I just oh, want to yes. say, how good does Boogie look? Like we'll get onto it, but like <laughs> he looks really thin down.
1: Man, if we get a slim down Boogie that's even eighty five percent of what he used to be, this this team is going to be pretty scary.
0: Um, it is, but like so, Frank Vogel, I'm very happy. You know. Uh, from what turned into the worst case scenario of what happened with Ty Lu, it's turned uh-huh. into a pretty good thing, I, I think. like Frank Vogel, like we've seen by his comments on Sports Illustrated, he's realised that he made some mistakes, but at the same time, he, what well, he said that Luke Walton wasn't doing things the wrong way per se, but he was just uh-huh. executing it wrongly, which I feel like was a huge part of last year. Like, there were times where we looked really good, really fluid, really sharp, looked like a LeBron offense, but then at times, uh-huh. just seemed to flick the switch. I don't know what you think about that, but that's what it seemed like.
1: Yeah, and last year's roster wasn't at all conductive to what LeBron wanted to do, in fairness to Luke, who, whose offense was a par, but, I mean, the spacing around LeBron was just was just horrible uh, compared to this year we've got shooters all around and now you've given lebron a legit superstar to work with and frank vogel he had struggles obviously in orlando that team just was probably at a talent deficit and the, and as he admitted in quotes the league kind of changed around him um when he went to orlando and he's given quotes about um being more into analytics now and and hopefully that helps him uh, get a little better offense here in, in los angeles
0: and the one thing I, would, we, I forgot to for, forgot to mention, we hired a shooting coach. <laughs> like, uh, yes. It, it's been a long time in the making. I know there was a lot of speculation that it potentially was, was going to be Lethal Shooter, but mm-hmm. then he posted some cryptic tweets where it seemed like, I feel like we did ask, but then he wanted to still continue working with other people, and then obviously uh-huh. the Lakers probably said no. This is all speculation at this point, though. <laughs> but that's what it seems like to me because that was the only team that he seemed to have consistent links with throughout the summer I don't know what you think but...
1: yeah I mean <laughs> At least he teases Lakers fans a lot a lot of his workouts are in courts that have the Lakers logo on it Um Kyle Kuzma works with him uh, it seems pretty obvious that Kuzma works with him and I think he worked with Anthony Davis before as well but yeah it's great for the Lakers to hire a shooting coach and I think Phil Handy kind of works hand in hand with that as well as a developmental guy he'll he'll make sure guys are doing the right things while shooting so looks like we're our staff is getting pretty nicely filled out
0: oh and it's very exciting as well it's and it's what you said it's there's that difference with well you see it now with luke walton in sacramento he just hired the, in my opinion the best assistant available on the market and they go Kikoshko. like He's learning from his mistakes, but it's just a shame it didn't come a year earlier when it comes <laughs> to you know, like, but you know, it happens. And let's segue over from Frank Vogel into, well, we mentioned it, Kawhi Leonard. He mentioned that the Clippers are better in every single way. What it seemed like to me though, from his comments with Chris Haynes as well, a, uh-huh. we mentioned it before we got on air. If, the Clipper deal for Paul George didn't go through it, would he be a Laker right now? And B, I don't think he realized that he would have got this amount of hate since signing for the Clippers. I don't know what you think, but...
1: Yeah, that 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 was that Chris Haynes story was tough to read as a Laker fan, and it seemed that it, it seems like he was not going to go to that Clipper team without another star, no matter how much they sell their culture, how good that how feisty that team was with Patrick Beverly and Montres Harrell, Lou Williams. Kawhi was not touching that team without another legit star and I'm I'm going back and forth. I I'm leaning towards he would have signed with LA if if the Paul George deal didn't happen. Um but I mean obviously we can't go back in the past or know what Kawhi's thinking. And he doesn't I don't think he just led um the lake I always thought that he was coming to Los Angeles, one of the teams. I didn't think he would stay back in Toronto, but uh, yeah, to read that was was kind of tough. yeah,
0: it was and to be honest with you i I think it's a positive sign of sorts as well that he obviously didn't think that the Lakers were such a bust like people tried to make it out to be like that he just mm-hmm. completely dismissed them. He was obviously seriously considering it. So right. I have to take some positives out of that—that that we didn't mess it up. He just decided to go to the Clippers now, for better or worse. He's now a right. figure in the LA community and what have you. But like, he didn't—you know—it wasn't for a lack for a lack of Lakers like pitching him, or and right. and I feel like there's been a lot of damage control as well from Kawhi's side, like, oh, it's magic right. that he didn't sign, but they're like. Magic's not part of the Laker organization anymore. They're better off for worse? Yeah. Work. yeah. <laughs> and you guys were the ones that requested the meeting with him, so you guys knew full well what you were getting into with Magic Johnson. Like, yeah, you can't blame yeah. him now after the fact.
1: Although I, uh, I still don't think it helped. Like, I, I feel like Magic should at least have. I mean, it seemed like Kawhi made it, Kawhi and his camp made it pretty clear that they didn't they didn't want anything coming out from that meeting, and we seem to have almost got. Transcripts of the meaning with magic, so I don't think it <laughs> I don't think it helped, but yeah, I don't think it was the uh deciding factor at all. I think he wanted his own team he wanted a um he wanted to be the alpha and he got his uh second star with him in paul george
0: what I'm excited about though is that it's finally in my opinion a legit battle, I'm not for mm-hmm. it, eh? because like i hope people realize like los angeles will always be a Lakers city i don't care what happens just like with the nfl it will always be a raider city you know it doesn't matter how mm-hmm. good the rams or the Chargers are the majority of la fans are raider fans like you can't mm-hmm. change that and i feel like they realize that now as well like especially with a lot of comments that they've said as well
1: yeah yeah definitely and there's a lot of mixed words. I mean, Paul George coming out saying he was always a Clipper fan, but idolized Kobe <laughs> idolized Kobe growing up is seems like a counterintuitive argument. That doesn't really make sense a lot to me. But, uh, yeah, I think they understand that they're going to kind of get booed wherever they go and things. I mean, the Clippers used to just, I mean, back when Lob City days with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, they would win almost 50 games a year and just absolutely crush these Laker teams, you know four times a year and it wouldn't matter like the the fan base didn't really tilt in their situation so um it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes this year
0: well i feel like we get a bad rap as laker fans as being these fair weather fans that we only care when we're winning which the past six years have proven that while there are while there are those fans within the fan base the majority okay. are very hardened, hardcore laker fans that you know what it's a crap situation that we went through but we were so lucky to have the teams that we did and like we support our team through thick and thin like it doesn't matter what happens you know we're laker fans at the end of the day we're not kobe fans we're not lebron fans we're we're appreciative that they played for our franchise but like we're laker fans at the end of the day you know like i'm sure you agree with that as well
1: oh yeah 100 percent, and uh Laker fans are just a larger majority, so they have they get more of every type of fan. But yeah, most Laker fans are very knowledgeable, especially the ones online. They uh, they're very loyal to their team. So and I I mean, there's no way you could have followed the last six years if you were just some fair weather fan.
0: <laughs> no, especially not watching a starting five of. Jordan Clarkson, Wayne Ellington, <laughs> Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre, and Tarek Black. Like, it, you know, at least scars. It, it, it does. But, you know, at least we know what Cleveland went through for 20 years before they got LeBron. <laughs> right, and, uh, and what they're right now, back to. Uh, yep. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know you but i'm super excited for this battle of los angeles like it's the first time like we mentioned lob city was really good even though they didn't get to the Mm -hmm. conference finals or anything they were legitimate even though they never got to that stage i've always thought they were a legitimate (laughs) title contender until golden state decided to become golden state like right but we were crap (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better word oh for sure the first time, I feel like I know they had that period with Sean Livingston and where they made mm-hmm. the playoffs a few times, but they we were never consistently good at the same time. And oh, not at all. I feel like it adds just an extra dimension to the NBA this year. That arguably the two best teams or the two teams with the best stars in the West are both in Los Angeles, and that makes me excited as well.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna be an insane. Uh... I think they'll probably play on Christmas, but yeah, those games are gonna be absolutely crazy, and they might have four of the top like ten players in the league on on the floor in Staples Center at one time. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: I'm excited, man, and I know we obviously wanted Kawhi Leonard to work things out with the Lakers and sign with us, and then we go on a historic tear of like killing everyone, but like. I like it when the NBA is competitive. Like I think right. we've seen it with Golden State and Cleveland until LeBron left. Like it was I I don't know about you, I enjoyed the basketball, but I feel like it was a bit boring when it was super predictable and when you knew who was going to get to the finals every year. Like at least this way we have competition. It'll be fantastic to watch in the playoffs, if not the regular season. But I also feel mm-hmm. like the regular season will be great to watch because like by all accounts, Paul George is probably missing the first 15 games of the year. Like, Kawhi's going right, to have yeah. to play for that team to be good. Like, mm-hmm. especially trading away Gildas Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. You've lost some yeah. depth that you had there. That's two of your top seven players from last year. Yeah. And while they, I'm not saying they have a like a Fred bag cupboard now, but it, mm-hmm. it makes a difference. And Kawhi, I don't think, will be able to go through the season playing only 60 games which will be another thing to look at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be, there's a lot of duos now, instead so of like the three stars. Um, there's a bunch of duos kind of scattered across the league now. Um, so it should be really fun, especially when Brooklyn gets KD back, Kyrie and KD. Um, obviously the Clippers have their two, the Lakers too. Houston now with what Westbrook and Harden. I mean, it's going to be a really fun season.
0: And like, just as a, I know Westbrook is an entirely inefficient player and people. Mm-hmm. You either love Westbrook or you hate him. I hate the way he plays <laughs> basketball, but I love his passion and intensity. I think it's amazing. And I think his heart's yeah. in the right place. I don't feel like he does it to get do doubles. I feel like he feels like that's the best thing he can do for his team. And I respect him so much for that competitive drive he has. He, yeah. That competitive... Uh, he's the closest thing with that competitive drive to what Kobe Bryant was. Like, Kawhi's yeah. probably the most stylistically the same when you come to just, like, watch, watching a player. But with that drive, he's the closest thing he ha- that there is to Kobe nowadays. And as a yeah. Lakers fan, it, it does... You do warm to him a little bit. Discounting yeah. complete inefficiencies. But then... Like if we can, if we look at inefficiencies, Kobe had that too. So <laughs> <laughs> sure, play a different time though. But you know, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's no, move. no.
1: I totally get you on yeah. Westbrook. Really quickly on Westbrook. Go That's on. why I was so sh- yeah, I was really shocked that they traded him. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he was in that kind of Kobe mold where he's like, "F you, this is my." This is my franchise, you know what I mean? Like, Paul George, you want to leave? Go ahead and leave. Like, this is my team. We're going to win. What If I'm here, we're winning, you know what I mean? And yeah. for him to, like, ask out was very strange to me. I I really thought he would finish his career in Oklahoma City, and I would have liked to see it. I mean, it, it's very rare nowadays that a player obviously finishes his career there. But um, Kobe's spending all his career here means something to me you know what i mean and even if it was just five obviously five titles is a lot but like still i think it means a lot for a player to play their whole career there
0: absolutely and i feel like it became like a lack of trust on westbrook's point of view and the franchise that's what i that's that's the vibe that i got because i know it, it it made sense for them to try and trade paul george if he wanted out but at the same time, this dude's still under team control for at least another two seasons. Right, like, that's,
1: that's what's so confusing to me. Like, why do you have to grant it right away? You know what I mean? That's what's, this just strange.
0: It's not like an AD thing where you know you're losing him for free the next year. And right. The hold that they got was, you know, like, we got AD and I'm happy about it. But it was a lot. Like, Yeah, it was. But again, like, you never know. I think both sides won that. We got AD. They got Mm -hmm. the semblance of a young core. But I feel like at that point, I feel like Westbrook just was like, okay, you guys just want to rebuild and you want to start fresh. I feel like it'll just be a best thing. And it is sad, like you said, because like the Oklahoma, I don't care. They had Durant. They had Harden. They had all these players. But in my opinion, Mm -hmm. who will always be synonymous with Oklahoma City will be Russell Westbrook, just like, Allen Iverson will always be synonymous with Philadelphia. It's the right. same type of thing, you know. Like,
1: yeah, that's a great comparison,
0: yeah. And I, I, hope, I hope their careers don't follow a similar trajectory at the end of, the, and at the end of their respective careers. I hope yeah, Brook true. can learn to be a bit more efficient in the D'Antoni system and the spacing mm-hmm. with Harden and the pick-and-roll threat with Capella will help him a lot. Because it did work with Steven Adams as well. And while I don't think right. Capella is as good as Steven Adams, he's I think he's a bit more athletic, which I think will help as well. You know, so, yeah. Definitely. so let's move on to our roster. Uh, mm-hmm. we we added a lot. So All right. let's just break down some moves. Obviously, as soon as the Kawhi thing went down, we very quickly it broke that we're signing Danny Green. I don't know about you. The years that we have with Danny Green, it's only a two-year contract. It's not like we got him for four years going into age 35 and 36. I love that move. It's the best plan B we could have had.
1: Oh, 100%. I I don't know if I would have survived that night if the Danny Green news didn't break. Um, Because right after the Kawhi news, the Paul George news dropped. And then it saw that we saw uh, Danny Green and it kind of gave me a (laughs) sigh of relief. But yeah, I, I love this move. Uh, he's the perfect fit with these two guys. Uh, knockdown down shooter. Uh, it might be the best shooter we've had in a very long time, I was trying to think. And might even be the best 3 and D wing that LeBron's ever been with. So uh, this is just a great move.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, that I feel like that was the only thing that kept me sane after the Kawhi news broke. Was Danny Green, yeah. And yeah. he seems like a great guy as well. And... We had the meme squad last year uh, where, like, I quite liked Michael Beasley, but I always thought his heart was in the wrong place. I feel like he was just there to collect a paycheck and that's it. That's what it seemed like uh-huh. as well. Uh, uh-huh. With Danny Green, you can see the hunger and fire as to win another championship and to win again and again and again. Um, right. I'm excited for it. and. We saw what he did with Toronto, especially in the regular season. I don't think he was bad as he was, as he's been portrayed to be in the media in the playoffs. Like, I know you have some stats backing that up. Like, if you want, if you're willing to share him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a narrative going around that Danny Green was, didn't show up in the playoffs or the finals. And that's really not the case. Um, he, <clears throat> he was still like, one of the best net ratings on Toronto through the whole playoffs. And actually, the only series he really struggled was against Milwaukee. Um, against the Bucks. he shot around 17% from three. Now, there's that's not excusing him, but that's a really good defensive team. There's factors. People go cold. The rest of the playoffs, including the finals, he was around 37% on high volume. So, still a very elite shooter, Um he was good in the finals. He had multiple games in the finals with over three threes. Um, and Fred Van Fleet kind of made Danny Green seem smaller than he was. Um, just because Fred Van Fleet was good doesn't mean Danny Green was bad. So, yeah, exactly. this is just an insane signing. Yeah,
0: It's that recency bias. Like, we'll get onto it towards the end. And it's Nick mm-hmm. Wright and I don't usually like saying things like I agree with Nick Wright, but I agree with <laughs> Nick Wright. There's a huge recency bias nowadays where, like, oh, yeah. Van Vliet was amazing, especially the last two games. He was unbelievable. He was. Well, like, just because Van Vliet was under unbelievable doesn't mean that Danny, can, Danny Green wasn't a great contributor to that finals team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, this guy's been a consistent... Threat on two different championship-winning teams. Like, we can't dispute that anymore. Like, it wasn't just because he was in the Spurs system that he's good. This guy's just a legit good free and D player, an elite free and D player. Like, yeah, one of if not the best in the NBA. Like, maybe if you had Chris Middleton to that argument, but I don't think he's just a free and D guy. You know, but if we're just looking at strict free and D players like what you said i don't think lebron's ever played with a better free and d guy than danny green
1: yeah i I don't think so either and obviously middleton would require almost double the money that danny green is asking so
0: 15 million a year in this current market that's a steal in my great value especially the latter age of his peak because i feel like we've got the last two years of danny green's best basketball in him as well which is a great deal as well
1: yeah definitely
0: before the Kawhi Leonard news broke, though, we did, I forgot to mention, we signed Troy Daniels, who I feel like will be more of a end-of-the-bench guy, come in when you're having depth problems and foul issues or you need a spark. I quite like that pickup as well because he's just a gun. He's not good at anything else, but shooting-wise, he's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. The Lakers seem to sign players that kind of kill them. Um, yeah. Daniels would... <laughs> Daniels used to always uh, destroy us, whether he was on Memphis or Phoenix. Um, He had really big shooting games against the Lakers. Uh, But, yeah, he's a nice little signing. Uh, I don't think he'll be part of the rotation, but uh, he'll be, like, at the end of the bench, like you said. Uh, If they need a spark shooting, he can knock down an open shot. Um, Has shot 40% from three, I believe, in his last couple of seasons. And, yeah, you can – this is a shooting league shootings at a premium so anytime you can get a knockdown shooter at the minimum uh, you do it
0: and another move i loved it wasn't as much mo- it was publicized but like people tried to downplay because it, it was only a veteran minimum deal i loved the jared dudley pickup
1: oh yes yes
0: as a locker room uh, presence, go on
1: yeah i was gonna say he's like probably one of the smartest players in the league Um, you saw him in the playoffs kind of getting in the head of Ben Simmons and things like that but yeah he's a he's a great pickup
0: and he shoots really well he seems like a great guy as well like he was always on teams that were opposing the Lakers so I I, I grew to hate Jared Dudley not hate because he was like a direct competitor or like he was a threat but just because he was always battling against us but, like, the, the more that that time went away, the more he was away from the Lakers franchise as a direct rival. He's incredibly smart dude. No, he's very tuned on to the way the NBA works. I, I love that yeah. pickup. And he'll be, like we saw with Brooklyn, I thought he was vital to their success last year. Like, he was a really good mentor. I know we don't have as many yeah. young players on the team anymore, but you have guys who have never been to that level of success before you know like look at an Anthony Davis or even I know Boogie Cousins was part of that this year but it's always nice to have those cool guys mm-hmm. around who knows what it takes to be right. in a locker room and I'm very excited yeah. about that pickup anyway
1: yeah I, I love him for Kuzma actually um Jared Dudley is a really good defender without having the athleticism of yeah. a good defender and Kuzma has more than enough athletic traits to be a good defender you know what i mean and i feel like a guy like jerry dudley would tell him kind of where to move what spots to be in how to help Jared dudley is an insanely good uh, help defender he's not really in isolation one-on-one but uh, as a help defender i think he can uh, help with coups a lot on that
0: I, I, absolutely and i'm very happy that he's on our team you know like mm-hmm. and, and i feel like it's another thing where I. Like, he was very open and upfront. Like, he had the opportunity to play with LeBron and he took it. And, like, that helps a lot as well. Like, we were always thinking that LeBron would get these veteran minimum guys who, you know, probably could have got, I think he could have got four to five million someplace. You know, especially at the end of his career, he chooses, okay, let's go chase a ring with LeBron. I'm, ha- I'm for one, I'm very happy that he chose to come to the Lakers. Right. Right uh after that we re-signed kcp and javel mcgee the kcp move while it was a lot of money it's a backup shooting guard and eight million is what like four million used to be like four years ago people still aren't used to the numbers right i don't love it but i don't hate it at the same time i don't know what you think but like
1: yeah yeah i mean the kcp signing how i kind of see it um i went back and his stats actually are a lot better than i remember them to be um he shot a lot better than i remember it's kind of like when you have the same thing for a while and then you see someone else have something and it just looks better because it's new um kcp we've watched for the last three years so we kind of know his tendencies both positive and negative and the negative seem to shine out more right we as fans we kind of want the player to be their best um, and he's only 26 which is which is very strange it feels like he's a lot older so I'm um, hopeful hopefully he gets better um, obviously obviously he had his little jail incident a couple years ago hopefully that <laughs> all that stuff is cleared up and and on a two-year deal I think it's a lot better um, we had a bunch of guys on one-year deals last year it kind of kind of mixes uh different motives for everybody so hopefully all these guys will just play and not really think about contracts um for the following year so yeah i don't think it's terrible i think it's okay he's a backup shooting guard like you said so not terrible
0: there's a lot worse backup shooting guards in the nba than kcp and if he just shoots around 38 to 39 percent coming off the bench and He's not the his defense was always overstated in my opinion he wasn't like this amazing lockdown defender, but he's serviceable so if he brings his right. serviceable d and good three point shooting off the bench, you're happy with that eight million a year that's the way I, that's where I'm at with it anyway yeah yeah
1: that's that's where I'm at too he he's good at defending like point guards like if you give him a matchup he can kind of uh get into it's where off the ball that he kind of falls asleep. Like he'll he won't really pay attention, but if you give him like a matchup, if you throw him on like Damian Lillard and tell him this is your job for the game, he can do a serviceable job.
0: Oh, I feel like Frank Vogel will help with the off-ball aspect with a lot of players. You've mentioned Kuzma already. I think KCP yeah. is another one. I feel like mm-hmm. a couple of the the guys on our roster will be benefited a lot by having Frank Vogel. Even Lionel Hollins, who's always had a reputation for being a good defensive head coach. I feel like mm-hmm. these guys will help him a lot to build on what they've had anyway. Yeah. I'm really happy that we brought JaVale back. I might be in a minority there, but and I don't feel like $4 million a year is an overpay for JaVale McGee either. Like, I know people are wanting to bring him back on the veteran minimum, but $4 right. a year for a starting cent- starting caliber center, we don't know who will start at center yet. But like a starting caliber center, I don't feel like it's a lot of money, especially in today's NBA.
1: Yeah, I think Javale signing is okay. My my issue is I think this team is at its best when Anthony Davis is at the five. That's kind of where I want this team to eventually get to, especially in the playoffs. I think if AD is at the five, then you're really gonna have a tough time stopping this team. Um, so that's where I'm. That's where I'm kind of. A uh, little bit questionable on the Javale signing, but I think it's good to have a guy that's been here last year. Um, especially with all the new faces, it's good to have some continuity. He knows how to play with LeBron. He's hung out with Kuzma and can play with Kuzma. Um, so, yeah, it's not bad. Javale, uh, he got hurt last year with his pneumonia injury. So, hopefully, he can be a little healthier this year. And because uh, he was great in the first, well, like the, I think the two or three two months.
0: months. Yeah, yeah, he was. A yeah, real. he
1: was. He was amazing. He was maybe the best signing, right? They were kind of saying he was the
0: after like, LeBron the was signing, was the best signing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He so hopefully so. he can get back to that.
0: Well, we he did get back to it a little bit towards the end of the year. Like he had that oh, he performance against Brooklyn where he was insane. All oh, like, right, right. And then obviously, like you, you don't know when pneumonia is going to hit you. Like it could hit any of us at any point. You know, like he was just so unlucky that it hit him when he did. Because right. I think like was playing his best basketball he's ever played in the NBA, and yeah. it makes me optimistic. But at the same time, the Lakers are doing everything they can to appease Anthony Davis, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> As you should. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm not. I'm. Don't get me wrong, I'm not <laughs> mad at, at all. If AD wants to play at the four, <laughs> you, you play him at the four. You know, like exactly. So. Getting onto some more signings, we we re-signed Rajon Rondo at the vet minimum. I know there was a lot of backlash about this re-signing, mm. but you you're in the same camp as me. I don't feel like he'll play a lot next year. I feel like he's there to be a locker room veteran guy around LeBron and AD who respect him a heck of a lot.
1: Yeah. I, the way that I'm rationalizing this, I'm hoping you are right. Um, obviously, politics can get involved. Rondo is a very respective guy um, around the league. No matter what NBA Twitter says, no matter how many plays, he takes off on defense. Coaches oh. love him. Players love him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I kind of rationalize this by the money. He got paid less than almost any of the other point guards that the Lakers had, and the Lakers could have easily given him more money because he was a free agent. Um they they paid Avery Bradley more. They played Alex Caruso more. So that should kind of show you where their head's at in terms of his on-court production. And hopefully um, he really got paid, like you said, to be a, a player coach. Because uh, I think he's still useful there. He's a genius uh, basketball mind. He has no problem telling you that. But he's, <laughs> he's a very smart basketball mind. And uh, I think he'll be helpful.
0: I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he took this. To start transitioning into being a coach I feel like he's a guy If he did decide to go down that route Would be perfect for being a coach in the NBA Mm He wouldn't be one of these guys Like a Derek Fisher Who just got randomly pigeonholed in there Because he knew the triangle (laughs) offense You know, like I genuinely think for Rondo Would be a good NBA coach And because of that If he he can add anything To Frank Vogel's Mm -hmm. team And even to the players, like, because it's different when you're a coach and you're coaching them, but you're an ex all star who's still on the team as a player, you can add a heck Mm -hmm. of a lot to that, you know? So I'm very, if if it is just a veteran addition playing 10 to 12, 13 minutes a night, I'll be happy with that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the young guys love him, they swear by him. So uh, he brings that as well.
0: A young guy that we brought back. I'm so happy we brought him back. Alex Caruso, just unreal. I I love him. I I absolutely love him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I was in Summer League, and uh, I was sitting with some other members of Lakers Twitter, and the Alex Caruso signing came up, and people cheered louder, just as loud as if we just signed LeBron, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great to have him back. He's earned this contract. Um, it's kind of shocking to me. I went back, and he actually played less games last year um, as a Laker than he did the year before, which I thought he was pretty good the year before as well. And he played, I thought, way too many games in the G League, you know? So I, I'm excited for him to get a role.
0: Yeah, I watched I watched about 15 South Bay games with him on the roster. <laughs> and yeah. I was there like, he's too good for this level. Like, uh, no disrespect to the G League. I enjoy uh-huh. watching it, but it was too good for that level. Just objectively, like
1: yeah, it, it, he, he was in... oh, yeah. Uh, he was insane the end of the year. I mean, he he had games where he was going toe to toe with Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. Um, he beat the Clippers. I don't even remember that game. Yeah, he yeah. He had a bunch absolutely. of bunch of yeah, a bunch of clutch baskets against against that Clippers team that made the playoffs. Just he was he was insane. Now I don't know how much that is actually who he is but i think he's somewhere in the middle of there and that's a backup point guard so
0: and i know like the lakers fans we love alex caruso uh people will automatically assume that we're going to say we're saying that he's going to be a star no i don't think he is even if he's just a serviceable backup for the next two years for an undrafted guy that's pretty good like that's what Fred Van Vliet is. I know Fred Van Vliet went crazy in the playoffs. Fred Van Vliet is a very good backup point guard. Like yeah. he's not a star or anything. And if we can get like a Van Vliet type of production from Caruso, I'd be very happy with that. Like Yeah. I that's, don't that's, think
1: that's a stretch at all. So
0: And I and I don't feel like that's his ceiling either. Like I feel like that's the middle ground that we were talking about. You know, like a yeah, Van yeah. Vliet type for us. And then Obviously, the following signing at point guard would be Quinn Cook. I really like that move too. I know he's not a great defender; if he's a terrible defender, let's not mince words. But he, he does try. Yes, like it's not for a lack of effort. No, which I feel like again, having the player development coaches that we have and having the defensive minds that we have on the roster, I feel like they'll be able to hide him as much as possible and just going we've swung the momentum the complete other way when it comes to like just getting as many three-point shooters on this roster as possible there's another gun right there
1: yeah and he's he's been on a couple of really good winning teams right with the warriors and he's been in systems good defensive systems he's hit huge shots in the playoffs and again it's a shooting league you you can't have enough so if one guy's not having it, if, let's say, Troy Daniels is cold, Quinn Cook can come out and just hit three threes and kind of put a game back. I've seen him do it for the Warriors multiple times where yeah. they double staff, and he hits a huge three to tie the game, especially in that Houston series. He hit a ton of big shots, I remember. so. Uh, he's a playoff performer. I, I think you you can play him in the playoffs, and he won't actively hurt you, and that says a lot.
0: There is another guy who I like the pickup of. I know he was bad at the Clippers, but I like the Avery Bradley pickup. Yeah. I don't know what you think, but I I uh, liked it. That
1: that's probably what, like my fourth favorite signing, which is weird. A lot of people don't like think like he was really bad. Um, he was actually uh, I don't know if you remember the Clippers started really well last season. Yeah, they started really hot. They were like the one seed, I think almost in the first week of December. And Avery Bradley was starting for that team. He was, uh, I, I think Patrick Beverly was, was out, I think, during that time. But Third they one. were starting Avery Bradley. And he was uh, hounding teams. Now, his shot uh, was really bad with the Clippers. Um, he went cold. But he said he was hurt during that time. So I'm not sure how much to take from there. But then he went to Memphis. He played really well with the Grizzlies. Um, and he's only 28 years old. So it's not like that That player that made all defensive first team is gone. You know, 28 years old is right in your prime. Uh, if he can just hit. He hit, I think, like 37% on open threes last year, which I think is enough for this team. So, yeah, I, I like the signing a lot. I'd like him to start at point guard, actually. I don't know what you think, but uh, I, I'd, like, I'd like him to start.
0: I think he'll be, yeah, I think he'll start. But I also... Like, we all obviously know that LeBron's the prime initiator in our offense. Also, I feel like he's best when you do give him touches of the ball. Like, that when he feels like he's involved in the game, I feel like that's when he'll be at his best.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think the Lakers are going to need that anyway. You don't want LeBron bringing it up every possession that he's on the floor. You know, so I... And I like I like Avery Bradley as a guy that you can just tell him like this is the point guard I want you to stop I want you to hound him 94 feet and uh, just make it tough and I think he can do that at 28.
0: Oh, I agree, and for his bad shooting that he had, he still shot 36% from three last year, and that's that was considered yeah. a bad shooting year for him, and. Right. Think about it. Last year for us, thirty-six percent would have been like the second best <laughs> <laughs> average on our team. Yeah, so, I, I'm very, I'm very happy with the Avery Bradley signing. It's probably after. It's probably after Caruso and the guy we'll get onto now. It's my third favorite yeah. signing. My first favorite by a mile is DeMarcus <laughs> the Marcus Cousins. The, the contracts we got him my Mm-hmm. The way he slimmed down, the how determined he sounds, the fact that he's back with Anthony Davis, who we all know they're very close. It's just a lot of good signs, and I feel like this is, like, the perfect situation. It's the perfect storm for him to come in and do really well, and I'm really happy about that.
1: Yeah, and it's the second year, right, after tearing the Achilles. Which is um, always be the a lot. back here. Right, and he's still only 28, which is a good sign about that. Usually if you do that at like 33, it's harder to come back. But um, if he did it around 26. So, yeah, I'm excited about this too. I, I think the, the big part of this is the chemistry with him and Davis. I think it's good to have a player that Davis is really comfortable with. Those two really find each other on the floor. They, they like to like bully the other team together, if that makes any sense. Like, if you, when you watch, when you watch, um, the Davis Cousins highlights, they like to like really take it at the other team's other two bigs or the other team's center and power forward. Um, and those two, man, with like, I'm just thinking of drag screens between LeBron, Cousins, and Davis, having like either Davis popping or Cousins popping with LeBron kind of deciding where the ball goes. It's, oh man, it's going to be fun.
0: Like, like, You said multiple times on Twitter and everywhere. If we just get an eighty percent version of DeMarcus Cousins pre-injury, that's an all-star level center right there. And for three and a half million a year, alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that could be the difference between us and the Clippers, us and a Portland, us and the Jazz. You know, like it's a it's a big difference. And I feel like he's on the right track to get in there. I'm not I'm not concerned about the quad injury I don't know about you I'm not even concerned mm-hmm. about how he played in the finals because it was so visible that he came back so early from that quad injury he just wanted to play in the finals and you know right. what he struggled a lot for it but I respect him a heck of a lot more because he, he yeah. that is or you know you know it's like you see a dream as a player to always you know that that's the pinnacle to play in the NBA finals yeah. So he was going to do everything he could to play. And I know yeah. it didn't work out for him. But I also didn't think he was as bad as people made him out to be. And Oh,
1: not at all. I thought he was
0: that, good. And that 30-game stretch before he tore his quad, he was really good. He was like averaging 16 and 8 on 24 minutes a night. It was really good numbers. Really efficiently as well.
1: Yeah, and hes I think he's a better passer than people actually give him credit for. In the finals, yeah, if you remember, they obviously Durant went down, and he was used as like their second playmaker behind, obviously, Draymond. And he was finding people. He didn't shoot well, but I thought he did a really good job. I think he helped them win one of those finals games. He had a really big good. game, I think, in Toronto. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. And as you said, just 80% of DeMarcus Cousins' healthiest. To me, he's the biggest X factor in the league. Like, I think you kind of know what the Clippers are. Um, You know, they're two stars and they're role players. Um, You know what James Harden and Westbrook are. Memphis is going to be really good. But DeMarcus Cousins gives the Lakers an insane big three if he's healthy. There's just nothing any other team can come close to matching that size and skill between, obviously, LeBron, Davis, and, and Cousins.
0: And just, just for the haters out there, by Memphis he meant Milwaukee. He does not think Jaron Jackson and Jamarab <laughs> will be a 60 win team next year. <laughs> I mean, oh, yes,
1: yeah, that's why I, I meant sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's
0: fine. You know, you, you know what the sound clips are like. People, people would have been <laughs> bashing you on Twitter for that. I, <laughs> I oh, all in all, though, I'm really happy with our off season, I know it didn't go the way we wanted it to go and that sucks but at the same time I feel like we did a really good job in the draft getting Taylor and Horton Tucker I really like yeah. him and the fact we got so much depth takes the pressure off him having to perform straight away you give yeah, him a you, you
1: yeah you watch a lot more college I believe than I did like I don't really know much about him what what is your favorite thing about Taylor
0: and Horton Tucker a, he's not the greatest defender, but he has mm-hmm. enough defensive instincts where he he can be taught that. And obviously the really long wingspan helps. Mm-hmm. He's really smooth as well, especially his handle. Now, yeah. I, he's obviously... I can't believe he fell to the 46 pick. I, I saw a lot of players pick before him that... I never would have picked before him. I Ben Rosales, who who is amazing. If you don't follow Ben oh, Rosales yeah. as, as a Laker fan, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're doing Twitter wrong. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I'm I was in complete agreement. I watched Taylor and Horton Tucker. I watched I like watching I liked watching Iowa State because they have really good things that you pick up on as a coach from my side. I was always impressed uh-huh. when I saw Talon Horton took a play. Even in the games that he was bad, you saw enough potential there that you were like, this kid, okay, he's still 18 years old. Like, his yeah. hand looks really good. His shooting form, while he's inconsistent shooting-wise, shooting form's really nice. It looks like a motion yeah. that we repeated constantly. And we did a really good job with the depth that we don't have to push him into the deep end straight away. He can develop quietly on the roster with the likes of Phil Handy, with Miles Simon, who's still an assistant coach, who by all accounts is very well revered in the NBA as well, as a player development guy. You know, and he'll he can go down to the G League as well and develop with the South Bay Lakers. As we've seen, those guys are really good at developing talent. I feel like that's a really big potential steal in the draft. And I really like the Zach Norvell pick as well. I know he's on a two way deal. I really liked him at Gonzaga. There's another guy that I couldn't believe went undrafted. I thought he was definitely worth a late second-round flyer, you know. But, you know, obviously NBA general managers, they're paid to do a job and they probably saw something (laughs) that we didn't see or, you know, something like that. But at the same time, Uh the Wizards picked Rui Hachimura over Brendan Clark, So, (laughs) you know. Yeah. (laughs) even though yeah well admit it right what were you saying sorry yeah
1: oh it's all right uh it's funny because our like our um front office kind of has gotten killed the last few years but i feel like the one place that we've that nobody can doubt is our drafting right like we've had just amazing drafts the last few years so i i trust them with their picks and and uh, Norvell and both Tucker look look pretty good from the highlights that I've seen. You
0: know. I'm I'm like like I said I know people look to dog on Rob Polinka whenever they can. <laughs> I feel like he did a yeah. legitimately good job this off coming out with a no there's a title contender. I don't care what people want to say. We are we're, we're as legit a title contender as the clippers are as the blazers as the jazz whoever you want to put up against us in the west that's my opinion on it anyway mm-hmm. i don't know what you think <laughs>
1: yeah for sure uh it's kind of funny i i kind of wonder what this would have looked like if palinka gotten the chance last year you know um since, Mag- since Magic stepped down the last day, we've hired a shooting coach. We've h- hired a developmental coach. Um, we've we've signed shooters. So it, it's kind of funny to see where where it's kind of gone.
0: It seems like analytics have come to the forefront of the franchise as well. Like it's been a drastic change since Magic has left. And while I still love yeah. Magic the player, I'm really glad we don't have Magic the executive anymore.
1: Yeah, 100%. Let, let him tweet, you know, let, let, him, let, let him, him do tamper, what he wants over there. Let him
0: tamper. You know, like, if if he, <laughs> if he can help us in any way without him get, getting us, like, a draft pick taken off us, I'm all for <laughs> it. You know. Yeah, 100%. Let him go be the Dodgers president. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But there's been a couple of moves. Well, the one move that's happened in the past week is Costa Tacumpo getting picked up on waivers? Now, I'd pardon me if I'm wrong, but I personally don't believe they picked him up because they think he could be a potential great player in the NBA. I, I feel like this, this move was made with one goal in mind, if you can develop him great into being a good player. But I feel like this all gears up to 2021. I don't know what you think, but...
1: I've kind of seen this movie before, kind of, yeah. We've kind of seen this movie yeah. with KCP, right? We kind of paid him a bunch just to kind of get into the conversations. I think even, I forgot who reported it. I wonder. I think it was Dave McMenamin who said this was kind of a way to open up relationships with the Anacumpo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was. And awesome. be able to speak, to, yeah, to speak to them. And, and if Costas improves, I mean, I've, as you said, we have Phil Handy now who can kind of, uh, I tweeted, uh, put, Phil uh, Handy in a room with Costas and lock the door, you know, <laughs> let, let, <laughs> let him do what he wants with him. Um, and he's got all the tools. I mean, when you watch Costas, like if you just don't look at the stats, it's a very fluid game, right? He's got a lot of feel. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got the genes of Giannis. So he, he kind of has a feel of where to pass to. He just doesn't have the kind of like basketball IQ yet of like when that pass is supposed to be made. But he, he has the nice feel. He can. He's very athletic, obviously. But yeah, I think this was kind of a, let's open this door. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you shoot this shot every time.
0: I think he'll be the first G League player to have a helicopter on lock whenever he wants it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, let's treat him a little bit nicer, huh?
0: I don't, you know what? I'm all for it. I, you look for any competitive advantage you can. The Clippers had Lawrence Frank following around uh, Kawhi all year. Why don't we sign Giannis's brother? Let, let's try something out of the box.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it works, they're geniuses. So.
0: No, but on a on a on a more serious note, I can definitely see why the Lakers would want to bring him in, because if you have a guy at six mm-hmm. ten like that. And by, by all accounts, he's a really good shot blocker as well. I know that's a little bit of trait, trade, like you said, from Giannis. But mm-hmm. if you can get like a guy who's that athletic, who can play potentially at like the five, or maybe even as a four slash five, you know, depending on how you want to clash, clash, uh, class him with Anthony Davis and develop him over the next year or so. Right. That's, that's a legit guy you have there and especially a legit small ball guy that can run the floor, that can defend the paint, if you can develop him. It's a big if, but mm-hmm. that, that's what the two-way contract's for. You try and find guys that you can develop, that you think that could potentially make the leap to that first team You know, in a year or two, like we saw with Caruso. Caruso's the perfect example for it.
1: Right, right. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny because... It's obviously he's gonna have the connection to Giannis, but I mean, it's been reported that Masai Ujiri actually wanted to k- pick him up in Toronto, right? I, b- I believe that was reported, yeah. and the Lakers kind of um, came in and scooped him up. Um, so, and I I don't I don't know if how much the scouting department works with the front office in terms of free agency, but I'm I'm sure they wouldn't just pick him up if the scouting department didn't think that he could play. So um hopefully they can kind of get him into their system and develop him
0: i i whenever i see masai ujiri wants a player especially a player (laughs) who needs development i'm a lot more confident about that player in the best way possible because i feel like he has an incredible eye for talent so the fact that masai ujiri wanted him i'm i'm quite happy that we got our hands onto him before he did anyway
1: yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's cool to see our team be competent and know what they're doing, it looks like.
0: Thank goodness we were crap last year, otherwise we wouldn't have got him on the way of a wire. <sighs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, the last thing I want to mention is, there's been a lot, a lot. I mean, we just acquired Anthony Davis a month ago. There's been so right. much rubbish currently. Emanating from a guy who blocks people for saying eighty-one on Twitter, saying that Anthony Davis is already thinking of leaving. I'm there, like Jesus Christ. I had to mention it, but but I just can't believe it. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, eighty uh, is not going anywhere, in my opinion. There's, he did way too much to get here, and. It's it's a totally different situation people are trying to compare it to kind of the Dwight Howard situation um, First of all Dwight wasn't I don't think healthy and then two he did not push to come to LA the way Anthony Davis did So and unless LeBron I think the only way like any of that would be legit is if LeBron got like some serious injury Which obviously good, I, yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think that happens, but that's the only way I see it. Um I mean, Anthony Davis has one year left, so, and he's not going to say publicly that he commits because that just goes against anything that a player should ever say uh, a year before they have to. So, but yeah, I don't. I think Anthony Davis is safe, safely going to be a Lakers superstar for the next decade.
0: No, and like people, uh, Woj and Shams have both been on record stating that as soon as he enters free agency, he plans to re-sign with the Lakers anyway. So, A, I don't understand where all this is coming from now. And B, I find it a bit rich. The people who are telling Laker fans constantly, oh, you know, you don't believe Woj, you don't believe these people, you know, (laughs) conspiracy theorists. But now the tables have turned and saying about AD, (laughs) they're trying to get scared again. And I'm there like, A, it makes no sense for AD to sign a new contract now because he loses out on a lot of money. And B... He's just doing it in a very smart, savvy way. I don't know which player it was, but I forget. It might have been Kendrick Perkins. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. He mentioned uh-huh. that it's a lot smarter way of doing it. You, you, these players are a lot more business savvy nowadays, wherein that they're not going to commit to somewhere unless you carry Irving. They're not going to commit to somewhere in the last <laughs> of contract, you know. Like, right? They, they will do everything they can to. St- be super committed and sound committed, but also just say, look, take it season by season. We'll see what happens next year. Because it is the NBA. You don't know what's going to happen. But at the same right. time, if Rich Paul's involved and LeBron's involved, like they are involved, as ha- I don't know what you thought, but Anthony Davis seemed like the happiest guy we've had at a Laker press conference in years.
1: Yeah. I think he's ready and I think he's ready to have a new stage, right? Like, he wants this. He wants these lights. Uh, he seems ready for it. Um, he's been in New Orleans where, obviously, the coverage isn't the same. And I think a lot of people are going to learn this year how good Anthony Davis is. Like I, I I know that's weird to say for a guy that's been in the league for,
0: it's like, legit, eight years,
1: seven years.
0: Player. And it's a legit yeah. live player as well. It's not like... Legi- exactly.
1: You know, what? Yeah, yeah, I think people are gonna learn, and putting him with maybe the best, probably the best passer ever, uh, that that uh, the synergy of those two is gonna be insane. I'm I'm so excited for those two to play together. I, I think this might have this might be LeBron's best like teammate in terms of fit that he's ever had. Obviously, Dwayne Wade was a top player as well during his time. I think it was more late Dwayne Wade's prime, but. Yeah, I think Anthony Davis might be the best fit he's ever had. Uh, Chris Bosh was good, obviously, but Chris Bosh can could not do the things that Anthony Davis does on the floor. It is it's going to be an insane combination this year.
0: Honestly, I know we gave up a lot, but like this is the t- this I know obviously what what happened with Kawhi was just that Greg Popovich didn't want him on the Lakers. So he did everything he possibly could to get him away from it, even if it meant taking a lesser deal, you know, like what happened. But with right. Anthony Davis, like, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler or Paul George or any of these guys, they're not Anthony Davis. And players oh, no. that get traded like this, I know Paul George got traded for a heck of a lot, especially this summer, but he got traded for that because of the Kawhi aspect. You trade right. that when you know Kawhi Leonard's coming, like we mentioned. But, like, as a standalone player, we benefit from it and New Orleans benefited from it as well, which was what both sides have said. Like, both sides were very cordial. We're just all about getting a deal done and wanting the best for both teams. Not, you know, one team trying to steal everything from another team, you know. And, right. like, the picks and stuff, I'm not really worried about it because if you have Prime Anthony Davis on your team with a really good supporting cast, how good are those picks going to be anyway you're not going to be picking god forbid unless injuries happen in the top 10 top 12 anyway you know so right i'm i'm very excited about this upcoming season yes yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a fun one anyway
1: oh for sure Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it and i just think this team is going to be so good like i I, re- I wa- Like, it's weird to say, but I forgot how good LeBron was last year. Like, it feels like he was kind of regressed, right? But when you go and watch back, he's, he still was just insane in a lot of games, you know? Like, and the team just didn't really fit his style. There wasn't Absolutely. shooting, and, and now you give him maybe probably the best center and best big in the league to work with as a teammate that you can't double off of and then you got to make decisions. Are you going to let Danny green shoot his 51.3% on open threes? Or are you going to take away the lob for Anthony Davis? Or are you going to stop LeBron driving to the rim? You know, so it's like there's a, this team just fits a lot better. It has. And then obviously this doesn't, I don't even know if we've really got into Kuzma. So, um, no, we haven't. yeah. Really? Yeah. So,
0: and I'm excited for Kuzma. I, I really am. I'm I'm not super high on Kuz, but I'm also not super low on him either. I see Kuzma's comp in the NBA being like an Antoine Jameson, and like not in the style of play. I'm just saying that type of impact. If he could get to like Mm -hmm. an Antoine Jameson level for the Lakers, I know people want him to be the superstar and stuff. People forget how good Antoine Jameson was, though. Like, he wasn't a scrub by any, you know this is a guy who was an all-star in the nba right right
1: yeah kuz gets a bad rap especially on nba twitter as you you can probably see um but i mean you don't be the 27th pick and become the, the second most marketable laker behind lebron for no reason right like there's got to be a talent there, there is a skill there people people don't just like kuz because his brand he's he was really good his rookie year he shot 39 percent on open threes his rookie year that dropped to like 32 last year if he's somewhere in the middle of that man this team is going to be so tough because you already have three guys you can't leave and kuzma's just can just eat whatever he wants you know on open looks drives his floaters are really good he shot like he was in some 90 percentile and floaters and things like that so yeah i think he's going to have a good year at People are, it's its the fun thing to, it's like you said, it's the fun thing to kind of go at Rob Palinka. It's the fun thing to kind of trash on Kyle Kuzma. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. Well,
0: and, and another one with who I feel like him coming off the bench, which I think is going to happen. I, I don't know what you think. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just going to help him leap some bounds again. I feel like that's another thing that. He was doing really well against, you know, starting opposition, and was probably our most complete offensive player after Brandon Ingram last year, and LeBron right. obviously. Um, but at the same time, against second secondary units, secondary threes and fours and stuff, I feel like Kuzma will have a really good year, and I'm really excited for it as well because i know he gets a lot of hate i don't think he doesn't seem like a bad person whatsoever you know he seems like quite a nice guy really personable knows how to play the the pr market really well i gotta give him credit for that but like he doesn't seem like a bad malicious person at all his heart's in the right place he just wants to be really good at basketball
1: yeah and no one would ever attack his work ethic right he he works really hard um I feel like last year he took a, like he kind of I don't even remember, but um, one of the years Magic Johnson said he would be disappointed if Brandon Ingram didn't score like 20 points a game or something, and it was like he was going into his second year. They kind of did the same for Kuzma last year. <laughs> Magic kind of said Kuzma looks amazing. He's you know, and he kind of came in with this like I'm supposed to sh- I'm supposed to score at a crazy clip, and it kind of hurt his shooting. I feel like if he comes in this year with a little more, if he knows his role, um, as you said, coming off the bench, I think would be great. I would love to see him and Boogie kind of just tear at second units as oh. a 4-5. I, I think that would be really fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Kuz.
0: I'm just excited for this. I wish it was starting in two weeks and not in three months. <laughs> you know, but... you
1: right, right,
0: It It gives us a lot of time to get ready in in some ways you know like because i i feel like once the season starts you, you know how it is once this season starts it's just an it it just goes by so quickly and it's so intense as well you know i'm excited though i'm really excited
1: yeah that, that's true um it's gonna be a, a long summer but hopefully there's usa basketball coming um not sure who's playing, who wants to play in it, but there's a USA basketball tournament, and hopefully that takes some time off. You
0: well, know, they were they were looking at me to play, but then I, I had to <laughs> I, I regretted to inform them. that um, due to my NBA commitments, I've had to turn them down regrettably. Then. So, <laughs> uh, oh man! It was nice to see Kevin Love turn him down as well on account <laughs> that he wants to go and get that championship with Cleveland again. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, you could never use too many too many breaks with the calves. Uh,
0: I, I feel sorry for him. I'm just I, the last point, you know, I do, I do feel sorry for Kevin Love. Uh, he's yeah. really stuck there. Who would have thought that he would have lasted the longest out of him, LeBron, and Kyrie? <laughs> yeah, I, that's funny, it is. Raj, I want to thank you so much for coming on the pod. If you could just hate it you know give your username on twitter so people can find you you know uh,
1: yeah no thanks for having me um i'm at on twitter obviously at unwritten rules um we have a uh, podcast now between me ali and uh rick it's uh at the la forum pod if you guys can go follow that um and yeah and i'll have stuff out for lakers outsiders and uh lonzo wire and it's uh awesome to be back on here uh, it's a and, great podcast okay.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate the nice words. Hopefully, you'll be back on as well as soon as the season starts as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Anytime.
0: Well, we can actually talk about actual basketball going on and not drama or free agent dealings.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's LA is always drama.
0: Oh, we love it. We love it. <laughs> we do. Thank you for the listeners for listening. If you can, please go leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We or Apple Podcast, as it's called now. Thank you for listening once more. Have a great evening.